Oh, Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy. That's some royalty-free music. I'll post the website in the show notes. A dear friend of mine and co-laborer in the faith is being threatened with job termination if they don't receive the vaccination. They are giving a response requesting an exemption accommodation. They understand it may cost them their job because people within the company are the judge and jury as to what is an acceptable reason and what is not. Many people are submitting objections and losing their jobs. Happy Thanksgiving and Merry Christmas. (laughs) This is the way of the wicked. This podcast makes no statements as to your choice to vaccinate or not. We each are individuals before God and we will receive the results and consequences of our own choices. This podcast is about an entity mandating you take a vaccine, that you take an injection. If an employer or government has this type of power, then the Constitution is gone. Man can think up a thousand reasons to force others to do anything they so will if they are the ones who hold the keys to power. If an employer can mandate this, what prohibits a majority Muslim city council and mayorship from imposing dress regulations for women in their city? That's just an example. That's a what if. Our modern day attire for women is considered unacceptable in devout Islam. If you go to a devout Islam country as a woman, then you will follow their rules for dress if you are to function in their country. But in the past, this has not been the way in America. We have been governed by the Constitution of the United States of America and the Bill of Rights, and anyone with half a brain tied behind their back can see the overreach that is taking place across our country. How a woman can have the constitutional protection to abort an unborn baby, and a worker doesn't have the right to reject a questionable injection, is astounding hypocrisy at the highest level. Here is the letter of objection my friend has submitted. I share it with their permission. I will have a copy of this letter on our home base webpage, accessible through the Life Helps hyperlink in the show notes. Here is the question they have to answer. Please explain below why you are requesting an exemption forward slash accommodation. My friend responds, As an active Christian, I have faith in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I believe the Bible to be the inerrant Word of God. I seek to live my life according to this faith in all that I do. Simply through the wisdom and common sense which God gives to those who will use it, it is apparent that there are many issues and causes for concern around the COVID mRNA treatments and the viral outbreak itself. Even without considering most of these, there is a core issue in that what are being labeled vaccines are arguably gene therapies which in some way modify the functioning of the human body after injection. The Bible tells us that God created the human body, Genesis 2, and that as followers of Jesus Christ, our bodies are sacred vessels for the presence of God within us. It is a sin to desecrate the body in any way, and we are taught instead to glorify God in our body, how we treat and care for it because we have been bought for a price, which was the blood of Jesus Christ when he gave his life for us on the cross. So we are to honor God as best as we can according to his teaching, 1 Corinthians 6. Given the invasive nature of the mRNA injection, the effects within us at a cellular level, not to mention the uncertainty around short and long-term harm from side effects and what that could do to my body, I cannot possibly consider receiving not only this currently mandated injection, but any like it produced using similar techniques. Further, there is a second core issue, and that is the question around the morality of using stem cells and fetal material in the research and development 
of the COVID mRNA treatments. From a Christian faith standpoint, according to the Bible, it is God who created all life, Genesis 1. And in the Bible, we find strong admonitions against taking life as it is evil to do so. In the New Testament, the question is asked and answered whether it is possible to do evil in order to accomplish good. The answer, of course, being no. See Romans 3. On the basis of this precept, it can be clearly understood that using tissue and stem cells harvested from the body of a terminated fetus is not good, but rather tainted with evil and cannot lead to good unless God intervenes. However, people may reason about it. See Romans 1. On this second basis, I could not accept the COVID mRNA treatments nor any mRNA treatments which may be developed in a like manner. It would be a sin for me to knowingly partake of such, see James 4.17, and it would defile me in spirit and in flesh according to the Bible. There are other issues from a Christ-centered faith standpoint, and I would be happy to discuss it further if needed. When my friend sent me an email to tell me what was going on, I immediately began to pray for him and his family for him to know what God wants him to do. I know that if he hears from God and does what God tells him to do, that he will be well, regardless of his employer's actions. And God spoke to my spirit and said that these are Exodus-like days. God directed me to do several things. Number one, reflect on the recorded manifestations of God's miracle-working power in the life of the ancient Israelites as they fled 430 years of captivity in Egypt. In Exodus chapter 12, verses 40 and 41, it states that the length of time that the Israelites lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of the 430th year, to the very day, all the ranks of Yahweh departed from the land of Egypt. In the next 40 years, the Israelites wandered in the desert in their wilderness journey. God cared for an estimated 2 million Israelites by overt, visible miracles. The second thing God called me to do is issue a call to have a backbone of carbon fiber and an unrelenting faith in the power, provision, and protection of Jesus Christ that is ours as Christians, even in the midst of the agitation we now find ourselves in. The reason why I say carbon fiber is because it's many, many times stronger than steel and flexible. It doesn't break. It is an amazing composition, and we need to have backbones of carbon fiber this is the time for backbones of carbon fiber. A simple search will lead you to all the Bible passages that talk about the Exodus and the 40 years in the wilderness. Any of the statements of fact I make about the Exodus are good search triggers to use. I won't fill up the show notes with Bible verse links. It's just too much to list all of the references. God demonstrated his faithfulness to the Israelites by first of all giving them provisions for living. It says in the Bible that for 40 years their clothes and their shoes did not wear out. Let that sink into your mind. For 40 years, their clothes and their shoes did not wear out. He provided sustaining food in manna that tasted like wafers made with honey. He gave them water to drink as needed. The Apostle Paul reveals to us that the rock from which they drank was the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. When Moses led Israel on from the Red Sea and they went out to the wilderness of Shur, they journeyed for three days in the wilderness without finding water. They came to Marah, but they could not drink the water at Marah because it was bitter. That is why it is named Marah. The people grumbled to Moses, What are we going to drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he threw it into the water, the water became drinkable. Not only did he give them manna to eat and water to drink, he gave them divine guidance perpetually day and night by a pillar of fire that was enshrouded in a pillar of cloud. The fire would have cast a glow through the cloud like a Coleman lantern. 
Exodus 13, 21 says, By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night. Nehemiah 9.19 says, Because of your great compassion you did not abandon them in the desert. By day the pillar of cloud did not cease to guide them on their path, nor the pillar of fire by night to shine on the way they were to take. Numbers 14.14 says, And they will tell the inhabitants of this land about it. They have already heard that you, O Lord, are with these people, and that you, O Lord, have been seen face to face, that your cloud stays over them, and that you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He gave them protection from their enemies. We see his miracle-working hand in the parting of the Red Sea, where the water split and stood like walls, and the children of Israel passed on dry ground. That was a miracle, the drying of the seabed that they went across. Parted waters without the dried seabed would have been disastrous and murder in the mud for the two million Israelites. In approximately a nine-hour period, from six in the evening till three o'clock in the morning, over two million Israelites with their goods and their flocks crossed and the Egyptian armies entered the sea. Also, the means that allowed the Israelites to flee by night and cross the Red Sea was the pillar of fire and cloud that not only lighted the way of the Israelites, but then became a barrier of confusion for the Egyptian army. The angel of God, the Bible says, who was going in front of the Israelite forces, moved and went behind them. The pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and stood behind them. It came between the Egyptian and Israelite forces. There was cloud and darkness. It lit up the night, and neither group came near the other all night long. God hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would pursue the Israelites. The Egyptians set out in pursuit, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen, and went into the sea after them. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down at the Egyptian forces from the pillar of fire and cloud and threw the Egyptian forces into confusion. He caused their chariot wheels to swerve and made them drive with difficulty. Friend, it became obvious even to the Egyptians that Yahweh, the God of Israel, was fighting against the Egyptians for them. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea so that the water may come back on the Egyptians, on their chariots and horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak, the sea returned to its normal depth. While the Egyptians were trying to escape from it, the Lord threw them into the sea. The water came back and covered the chariots and horsemen, plus the entire army of Pharaoh that had gone after them into the sea. Not even one of them survived. So, friend, not only did God trick them and provoke them to go into the depths of the sea, he also took them and threw them into the water. So it was not only the returning of the sea to its normal depth, but also God took those who were trying to escape and threw them into the sea. And every single one of them lost their lives. God came to the defense of Israel against the strongest army on the planet at that time. But the Israelites had walked through the sea on dry ground, with the waters like a wall to them on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the power of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. When Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and believed in him and in his servant Moses. Not only did he provide protection from their enemies, he also provided protection from disease. Exodus chapter 15 verse 26 says, He said, If you will carefully obey the Lord your God, do what is right in his sight, pay attention to his commands, and keep all his statutes, I will not inflict any illnesses on you that I inflicted on the Egyptians, 
for I am the Lord who heals you. For 40 years, God fed, clothed, watered, and protected over 2 million people. He gave us this historical account of his faithfulness and miraculous protection and provision as a witness and reminder to you and me that it is he, not some world system or your job, that meets your needs. For now, he may be paying your bills through the job he has provided. You lose your job and can't find a job? Stand back and watch the miracle working power of God on the march for your provision and defense. You may think I am being grandiose. I'm not. The Israelites did not know, could not perceive, that Jesus was over them in the cloud. He was in front of them in the cloud. He was behind them in the cloud. And he was following them in the form of a boulder that gives forth pure drinking water for two million people day in and day out for 40 years. The wicked of this world know nothing. God hides himself from them and laughs at them. He mocks them. Yet he gives us this promise that the righteous will not be forsaken or their children begging for bread. He has promised us that he will never leave us or forsake us. He is with us to the very end of the age. He will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. You have to have a crisis to see the miracle. If God needs to put money in your bank account to pay your bills, he will. If God needs to put bread on your table, he will. Oh, by the way, and I mean this with all sincerity, that's exactly what he does for you and I every single day right now. God is the one who chooses the methods and delivery system of provision, but remember, it is he that is our provider. He takes care of his own. True riches is to be owned by the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and to be the apple of his eye. You say, but Kenny, what about those who die, who don't get the bread? God doesn't seem to show up. Friend, he does show up in the end for those who know him. Even if a man dies, the Bible says, yet shall he live if he belongs to Jesus. That is why, regardless of the circumstances you and I are going through right now, we are winners in Jesus Christ. If you are experiencing great distress right now because of the wicked acts by those in authority over you, be at peace. God is still faithful, and he will see you through. The Apostle Paul makes it clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that the grumbling of the children of Israel was a grievous sin because it demonstrated they did not have faith in God. The old hymn cries out to us, Have faith in God. He's on his throne. Have faith in God. He watches or his own. He cannot fail. He must prevail. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Dear friend, be at peace and full of joy this Thanksgiving and Christmas season. Regardless, have faith in God. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.